episode 343 of Global from Asia podcast. Chinese New Year's coming. <laughs> We're talking about America, U.S. banking for non-Americans, for the international community or for e-commerce sellers. Even if you're American, everybody gets a benefit today. We're going to have a good little discussion about U.S. banking the way it maybe should have always been. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. How does my hair look? Still getting used to the video, you know, I think I at least, I hope most of you are listening and not watching, but we try to get it out on the YouTube or video podcast of iTunes and uh, Gonna get, I'm getting old. I'm going to be 40 years old in uh, April. Can you believe that? And it's been uh, almost a year. Been locked down here in Shenyang, Shenyang, China. Uh, eating some dumplings. Preparing for Chinese New Year, as I said in a little preview there. Uh, and uh, it was one year ago the lockdown started in China. And uh, I remember that. Didn't, had no idea. Should I go back? Should I not? I was in Manila, Philippines. And I... Finally made it back in March, and, uh, you know, lucky I made it uh, back with, with my family. Many of my friends are separated. There's been a lot of drama. I'm sure a lot of you are hearing it or experiencing it, and I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, send you the best for your life, personal, business, family, uh, loved ones. It's making us all change what we're doing. Maybe today's show will help change you or improve you. American banking, you know, we started this show about Hong Kong banking or Hong Kong companies, and now we're talking about U.S. banking and U.S. companies. But we're global, right? So a lot of the tables have turned. Like, we've got a lot of traffic on the site, people looking for U.S. banking solutions as non-Americans, and especially in a COVID world. They can't just fly to J.P. Morgan Chase and uh, walk in and throw down your passport, get a bank. It was never that easy, but now it's even harder. But there's a amazing tech startup that has cracked the code, Mercury, and they're actually supporting the show. So they're, they're a partner. We have this GFA partner program for companies that want to be super fans of what we do, and they are one of them. So I want to bring on Travis Price. He's a head of e-commerce growth, very talented guy. He's He's also built up his own Amazon business and e-commerce business. We give some really good insights. And we talk about some USA banking strategies and, of course, their service and how they can help you. And uh, I, after the show, I'm going to talk about my experience. I have a Mercury account. I partner with a non-American. I couldn't get a Bank of America account. Can you believe that? So I had to use them. <laughs> so I'll share that. We also have a video review on globalformation.com slash reviews slash Mercury where I wrote a step-by-step -step guide of how I went through the process, gave you some tips on your application, and some cash back bonuses. So without further ado, let's tune into the show with Travis Price, e-commerce growth at Mercury. Let's do this. So we are doing interviews with Mercury, but they're also our sponsor and support this show. So I just want to make sure to make sure you check them out. If you want to use our special link, you'll get a little bit of a special landing page with a cash bonus for certain usage no additional fees to you and it also helps us out here to show globalfromasia.com slash mercury and they'll take care of you hope to see you there and thanks again for tuning into this show and supporting our partners gfa partners all right thank you everybody for choosing to 
download, listen, and watch, or most likely listen to our next podcast. This is always a hot topic, U.S. company, U.S. banking for your e-commerce business. It's it's a very important thing, especially obviously new sellers, but even current sellers, you know, structure and banking, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to save money or even make more money. So I'm really happy to have on the show with us, Travis Price, e-commerce growth at uh, mercury.com. Thanks for coming on, Travis. Yeah, happy to hear be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We've been chat- chatting the last couple of months and and uh, preparing for this and some other things. So it's it's great to it's great to have you. Do you want to give a little bit a background about yourself and 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 what you've done? Sure, sure, no problem. And and just first off, I want to say I've had a great time in your community just in the you know few months that I've been a member. I made some fantastic yeah. relationships. So really appreciate you know what you're doing. Keep rocking. I love Thanks, this whole buddy. setup. Really yeah, so a little bit of background on me. About six years ago, I invented and patented a Christmas stocking that dispenses wine. Most people just know it as the wine stocking. It's called Santa's Flask. It ended up going viral and becoming a number one bestseller on Amazon for five years in their drinking flasks category. Great. So that was sort of my first foray into e-commerce and entrepreneurship in general. Luckily, I had, you know, quite a bit of luck and, and and had a good success with the first one. But I learned a ton. I made some mistakes later on trying to start other companies and businesses and had some other successes. But I really ended up finding a, a really great group of sort of entrepreneurs at wish.com. So myself and only about six other people, we sort of started this incubator within Wish, which was uh, a program to basically just create and launch new business units, new ideas, almost like a, you know, like a startup incubator, but within a company. So we, one of our projects did really well. It was the Wish Local Pickup Program. So Wish basically realized, you know, maybe we won't be able to compete with Amazon on their, you know, fulfillment warehouse part of the business. Instead of going out, buying, you know, a bunch of real estate, building these warehouses, Let's just partner with local brick and mortar retailers and let's see if, you know, they're open to us putting some product in their, in the back of their store. And then we can send them consumers as foot traffic into their store to pick up a product in the hopes that they would buy something from that store while they're in the store waiting to pick up Mm. the product. It was sort of this like win-win, you know, partner model that we came up with and we tested it in a hundred locations globally about, oh, I don't know, a little over two years ago. And we saw just, just like really great traction and both parties were really liking the service. After we launched the first hundred stores, we, we started to see a lot of traction and demand from both parties, right? So the store owners and the wish consumers that were going into the stores to pick up the products. And so we rolled it out to 36,000 locations across three continents in about 12 months. So it was like hyper growth. We hired over a hundred people and we built we built a really fantastic business that that helped a lot of folks out at wish and 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 just brick and mortar retail really so that was a fantastic you know opportunity and i learned so much about cross-border e-commerce cross-border trade etc and i was just kind of chatting with some of the the folks over at mercury and and i decided to to go you know start on this new adventure with with mercury so i'm now leading e-commerce growth here and we're basically 
building, you know, a bank that's for for startups, technology companies, and e-commerce companies. But we we have certainly found, you know, product market fit with the the foreign e-commerce entrepreneur who, especially during COVID, it's very hard to travel to the U.S. to to set up a bank account. So yeah, that's that's sort of me in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm nodding my head up and down. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I've, 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 I heard of you guys before we even were talking, and and yeah, I see the huge opportunity because international sellers, which was let's maybe use that as a good segue into the into the topic, is you know, you, everybody's going into the U.S. I mean, one is of course selling into the U.S., but I think. A long time ago, people like, you know, you've also worked at Wish, you know, you worked with Chinese sellers or international sellers. A lot of times people didn't didn't have a U.S. company or a U.S. bank. Well, I, I think the trends are changing and more and more over the last few years have been opening up U.S. companies and U.S. banks, even though they might actually not even really need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something you've seen or noticed, but I've definitely felt the trend of registering U.S. companies and U.S. U.S. financial solutions. Is that something you've also been seeing? Yeah, it is. And I've done a little bit of research on this. I, I think it's because, you know, there are a lot of sellers on Amazon that are, that are wanting to sell on, on Amazon U.S. but are located internationally. And, and I think it just makes the whole process a lot smoother if they set up a, a U.S. corporation. So I, I kind of went through and was looking at some of the largest sellers on Amazon that you know, were were traditionally sort of located in China, and a lot of them had the U.S. corporation all set up. So I've also heard that the 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 government in the U.S. that that grants the EIN numbers is just totally swamped with applications. So I think that this is a, a trend that we're seeing more of. You know, it's it's really important if you're selling on e-commerce U.S you know, marketplaces and you're located abroad to be able to to get those payments secure, you know, safe, secure and quickly. And so I think this is one of the the best ways to go about, you know, connecting to the various payment processors. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and some other similar insights I've seen. I mean, I think the I think it's both policies as well as money. I think if you're really becoming a large seller, you want to actually register in the US because even just the banking fees alone, if you can get you know, which we'll talk about some solutions in the course Mercury, but we, you know, even with traditional banks or others, you're going to save more money, at least on the transaction fees. I mean, I know there's taxes and other upkeep, but as far as the transactions, usually if you do inter- cross-border transactions, especially on a B2C level, you're going to pay a much higher transaction fee, you know, between either PayPal or even Stripe is more expensive for overseas versus a US-based Stripe or these other right. uh, Others, so you, you know, if you're doing high volume, the transaction mm-hmm. cost is going to be much higher internationally than if you have a domestic U.S. company. Yeah. So for sure, I don't think people and realize I, that, but that that's something most people learn as they grow, right? I think. You've yeah, seen that. And, I, and I think one thing that that I've also seen, and and by no means am I an accountant, but you know, if you are selling on Amazon U.S. and you're selling to you know, let's call it 10 different states and you have to pay sales tax in all of those states, you know, and again, I'm not an accountant, but I I believe that you need to do that. It's quite difficult to pay it, the sales tax from like a virtual account or an account located abroad. So that's also one value add that we've sort of seen with our service and across our clients. Great. Yeah. I think that's also kind of a reaction, even in Europe with the VAT, you know, a lot back in the, the old days, 
cross-border sellers just didn't care and didn't listen or didn't worry about sales tax or VAT. There's, at least from what I've been seeing in the marketplace, this kind of trend for you know non-resident founders to create U.S. entities and U.S. bank accounts just so that they're uh, better equipped to you know integrate with payment processing providers, to integrate with marketplaces, to integrate or to pay their taxes in the states if, if their accountant advises they do that. So I think, you know, that is a trend that we're seeing, especially on Amazon, but I, I can't speak for, for really many of the other marketplaces. True, true. Well, obviously Amazon's a dominant force here. So, so okay, I think I want to at least talk about states. I know neither of us are really comfortable to advise a state, but I think what I've learned at Global from Asia when we started so long ago is company, opening a company anywhere, whether it's US, Hong Kong, even China, you know, or most places is somewhat straightforward, somewhat, but the banking always is the challenge. But as far as the US, when people do register, they the first thing you need to choose, there's a couple things you need to choose. One is what state, because there's 50 states, at least I believe it's 50 or is it 50, uh, 51 now or 50, 50 states, I think still, I'm kind of tripping on my word there, but I think it's 50 states. Still. I don't know if there's been adding. Yeah. 48 plus a lot, I, uh, okay. I believe. Maybe I have it wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's just say there's states in the U.S. and people don't – a lot of international you know, people don't know that or aren't so aware. But the way you, you open a company is you pick your state because actually you could do all the states if you wanted or maybe you even have to depending on how big you become or how you operate. But usually you just need one state to start. Obviously, the most common people always think of is Delaware, which is still a most you know common solution. I think another one people talk about is Wyoming. And I think Wyoming is brought up a lot because it's uh, relatively low fees, low upkeep, and also some pr extra privacy. I believe some of the naming is not shown as much for those that don't want maybe their name. I, I think there's certain information. I'm not sure if... But, and I actually just went through the process again. I, I'm starting another Amazon business. I'm using Mercury as well. Mm -hmm. I picked mm -hmm. Florida because I've done Delaware before, but I picked Florida because it's a little bit uh, more convenient for me. My family's there and I have accountants and people I know there. So it was just a little bit easier for me. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, f picking the state is pretty straightforward. You know, you then you would just, you could do a lot of, most states I think do it online now. Or of course, yeah. you can agent, right? What are your experiences with with some of yeah, these? Yeah, so so first off, I think the majority of folks that I interface with either incorporate in Delaware or Wyoming. I don't know the exact reasons why. I think you're correct, and that it has to do with privacy, probably lower taxes as well, something along those lines. Probably pretty easy to set up relative to. For instance, maybe California or a state like that. But you know, that's that's one side. The the other is I, I don't really know the fees associated with with the various states. I know that in California, I pay like eight hundred dollars a year for uh, LLC. I don't know if you've experienced that same fee in Florida or if it's cheaper. Three hundred, three or four hundred. So I think some states are a lot cheaper, for instance, in like, you know, your Californias of the, of the, of the states, so that might be a factor as well. And then, you know, third, there are, you know, incorporators, so companies that help with, with this sort of thing to, to help you incorporate if, if you need help, there's even online incorporators. You can literally go to a website, click on a link, 
and it costs like $50, $50 or something like that just to have them do it for you. So it's really not hard at all to, like you said, you know, sort of set up a U.S. Uh, entity, whether that be an LLC, a C-Corp or an S-Corp. But where it really becomes difficult and where people run into trouble is creating that, that U.S. bank account from abroad. So Yeah, yeah which is what we'll, we'll focus on today. But I think most people that go through the process, they learn that. They're like, I opened a company and then... They think it actually becomes a pain in the butt because some way same with Hong Kong. Hong Kong banks are so hard now, you know. But getting a company is pretty easy. So a lot of people are registering U.S. companies or U.S. or Hong Kong companies or companies in other countries, but they don't get a bank account. And it's almost like, what can I do with a company without a bank, right? Basically, the right. bank is the right. business, right? Like I need to receive money and send money. Like that's what a business is. It's like, but registering a company is just like it's like having a baby. It's like another entity, right? You are creating a separate entity. You mentioned EIN earlier, which is employee identification number, which means like tax ID. Basically that's your company ID in the U S and the federal level. So yeah, you can have a, you become a company, but you don't have the ability to receive money or send money without a bank. Right. So yeah. Let's, yeah, I think, you know, I think we just explained traditional banks, you know, actually we have a pretty hot blog post, I think, you know, on Global from Asia about US banking and people think they can get a Chase bank online, you know, or they can get like a Bank America, you know, or they can get these, especially as a non-US person, it's very hard, right? Or do you want to give us some of the traditional banking flow or requirements or experiences? Yeah. I mean, so if you think about traditional banking for, you know, I don't know, the past hundred years, if you wanted to create a, a business account, you would first, you know, set up your entity, like we talked about, you would get your EIN, and then you would come to the to the actual physical bank branch with your mountain of paperwork and your identification documents, and you would say, hey, this is the business that I want to open. You know, can you create an account for me? And you'd go through this whole process where they would look over all your documentation. They would try to, you know, understand if you're doing some sort of mon- money laundering or or selling illegal products. And you know, they might not even accept your business at all. And, and this process might happen, you know, on the spot. But typically, it would just take like about three to three to seven days, you know, for them to even get back with you with an answer. So it was kind of a ridiculous process. And just the fact that you, you had to like go into a physical branch when, you know, we're living in the year 2021, everything's done online. I can, you know, pretty much do everything else online. Why do I have to go into a bank to, to do something as simple as this? And so now we're sort of seeing like the rise of, of what's called like neo banks, which is just like new banks, right? So these banks that are like Mercury, that are sort of digital first, that are trying to serve the needs of modern businesses, businesses that exist, you know, in in the digital space that are using digital products, even if they're selling physical products. So that's really where, where we, we realized there was an opportunity because, you know, even even just if you look at the the banking industry as a whole, if we take a step back, you know, there are a lot of different consumer banks that you can, you know, create an account online and get set up pretty easily like that. But there was not a whole lot of business banks that you could do that. And, and per your point, you know, people wanted and, and, and demanded that sort of service and even thought that they could do it online, you know, like at Chase, for example, because it just made intuitive sense. But 
that wasn't, it's not really the case. There's only a handful of sort of neo banks for, for businesses. And so we're excited to be in this space and we're excited to, to help, to help folks create accounts. But uh, yeah, I, I think that sort of paints the picture of where we were and, and where we are now and where we're going. So sure. Sure. Yeah, first time I heard the word neo bank. Honestly, I mean, I think of the cryptocurrency neo or something, but <laughs> <laughs> or, or matrix neo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, traditional banks are. I I just think we do have to bring it up though, just for a completeness. Like I, I America, U.S. citizens can register a uh, U.S. bank. Some of them online. You know, if you are a U.S. person, it is there are online application processes for like Bank of America and others. But actually it yeah. didn't even work for me as an American, mm-hmm. not because of me, but I had a foreign partner. So okay. I did try yeah. to apply for Bank of America online, which has worked for me in previous businesses. But when I said I had foreign partners, I don't know what the percentage amount of foreign ownership was, but when it, mm-hmm. I, but what my point was, it didn't work for me even. So it says, oh, you. what it says is, you need to come into a, ba- a branch. And I'm right. like, I called them up, right? And I'm like, hey, Bank of America. Um, I'm in China. I'm in China. <laughs> I'm a US person. And my business partner is European, but he's in Thailand and it's COVID. And they're like, sorry, you have, that's our policy. You know, that's our yeah. policy. And that, yeah. that's it. It's totally ridiculous, like in this day and age, to to have such restrictions on on foreign founders and foreign business owners. Like we can pretty much verify anything we need to verify over the internet nowadays. So I think that's just sort of you know a, a legacy you know thing that's that's going to be quickly disrupted and is being disrupted right now. For sure. I mean, it's almost a little bit it's a little bit embar- embarrassing in a way for America. Supposed to, be, yeah. supposed to be open to immigrants and international people, but there are definitely some challenges for 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 non-Americans. Well, but we do have to say America is pretty open already. But but you know, comparatively speaking to most other countries. But but yeah. So let's also touch on. I know listeners are aware of these other. There's others that have been around quite a while. Like we all think of Pioneer. We all think of these payment companies. But do you want to define? where they fit in this kind of banking online and traditional yeah. spectrum? Yeah, I'm happy to, to, to talk through sort of the differences between like a real U.S. bank account such as Mercury or, or some other competitors and, and sort of these virtual accounts. I think that the virtual accounts do you know, serve a purpose. I by no means am, am advocating, you know, that you, you know, switch from Pioneer to like a Mercury, but there, there are some reasons why you might want to, or at least know about Mercury or these, these sort of real physical bank accounts and, and the advantages of having one compared to sort of a money transfer service. So, you know, the thing you have to realize is that money transfer, money transmitters, so these money transfer services, Payoneer, TransferWise, et cetera, are, are really, they're virtual bank accounts. And so they're typically not uh, insured by the FDIC, which you get with a real bank account. They typically, in my opinion, are not as secure. So if I'm, I, I'm, I am a business owner and I, I have an account, you know, with the US bank, I would rather have my money in a physical bank than in an e-wallet, for instance, because, I mean, you can almost equate it to, you know, as an extreme example, like cryptocurrency, 
if if I, I don't want to keep my cryptocurrency on the exchange, I want to put it like on a hard drive in the of you know storage. So that's sort of like the the comparison I make. But so I think for security reasons, it makes more sense to have you know your funds in a U.S. bank as well. And then there's just a couple other things. There's a lot of fees associated with with virtual accounts. So for instance, if you want to receive disbursements from your Amazon account into your virtual account, typically they'll charge you a fee for receiving USD. And if you just have a, a USD dominated bank account, obviously there's no fees. The other thing is, you know, when you want to transfer to your your funds to your actual bank account in, in you know, whatever home country you may be in, you're also going to get hit with a percentage based fee anywhere from like 0.5% to 3% no matter the 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 amount of the transactions so those that can really stack up right if you're doing you know $100,000 in revenue uh, a month on Amazon and 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 you're transferring that to your bank account i mean those fees really add up and and so it's much better in my opinion just to do you know uh, a wire transfer you know at a fixed at a fixed cost obviously you don't get immediate access to those funds so that that is one way where you know if, if you want, if you need immediate access, you know, to those funds, it might be better to go with like a money transfer service provider if you value sort of speed over, over um, saving some money. So with the money transfer services, you can have your funds like typically within, I think, one to four hours. With a traditional bank, an international wire transfer takes anywhere from one to three days. So that's one thing to consider. But yeah, I mean, you know, there there are obviously some limitations to uh, a, a U.S. bank account, including, you know, the ability to hold multiple currencies. So, you know, with some of these money transmitter services and e-wallets, you can hold, you know, Chinese currency, British pounds, you know, USD. However, at Mercury, we are looking into, you know, offering that in the future. So that's something to look out for. But for now, th that is a differentiator. So I would say, you know, security fees, a couple other things we talked about. I think actually one other thing I want to bring up sure. is sort of debit and credit cards. So yeah, uh, I mean, that's been on my list. yeah, the, so like with, with these money transmitters, you can, I think some of them do have debit cards, yeah, some do um, have debit card cards, but, yeah. but I think that they charge uh, a fee for them and there's a percentage based fee for using them and you can only use them in certain uh, geographies. So I think there's a lot of limitations to those cards, as opposed to if you have, you know, a debit or credit card issued by a U.S. bank, you can pretty, you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to use it anywhere. And you're probably going to pay low fees and potentially even get points on it. So I think that's a big differentiator as well. So, you know, right now at Mercury, we, we just have the debit cards, but we also have virtual debit cards, which is interesting. And there's no fees for those. And, and we're coming out with a credit card this year as well. So, oh, wow. Credit card too. Yeah. So you just, that was just a whole bunch of information. I'll try to, yeah. <laughs> I'll try to reiterate or simplify or. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these, you know, of course, everybody knows Payoneer, but there's a bunch of others and what they are is virtual banking or online banks or wallets. So they uh, have sub accounts under their accounts and what they, I think, of course, they still need a license to do that. Not anybody can just do that, but they somehow have a way to get like sub account numbers under their main bank account in the U.S. or other countries. And then they receive funds usually to that main account, and then they allocate it to the sub account. So like if 10 of us had a sub account, 
somebody sends in money, whether it's Amazon or whoever, it goes to their main account. They would then say whose account sub account is this, and then they would issue it to your account. And then they make money. I mean, everybody has to make money, but they make money from they have certain fees for maybe receiving that or sending that. And then they also, I think the main fee they make is that trend, the foreign exchange fee. When you mm-hmm. send, they almost require you to exchange it when mm-hmm. you take it out. So you take it out to, you know, your China bank, your Hong Kong bank, or your overseas bank. They usually don't allow you to put it in the same currency. They usually, in my experience, maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. and there's different. But that's usually where they make their money is that exchange, which you said could be anywhere from like a half percent to three percent, just just so people heard that. That's so that's where people can start saving money is if you actually go ahead and open a US company and get a traditional US bank. So I'm just checking my brief outline. Uh, yeah, I want to share a little bit of my experience using it too. I think I can do my experience in the outro. Like maybe maybe I'll do that in the yeah. outside the interview at the end. So okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I, I just wanted to bring up one point that, that I just recalled. So I've spoken with a lot of folks in India, Turkey, and in China, and many of them are saying that it's really hard for them to integrate with the e-commerce marketplaces in the U.S. or with the, the payment service providers like Stripe, PayPal, and then on the marketplace side like Amazon, Walmart. If they have a virtual account, I guess the those companies like are really not as open to virtual accounts as they are to to real physical bank accounts. So I think that's that's one thing to consider, you know, if you're having issues, th- there is a workaround, but I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, that they can create an account remotely. So just wanted yeah. to call that out as well. Okay. No, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people I mean, I like I said, we have a pretty top one of our top blogs is about US banking for non-Americans and there is a lot of confusion and misunderstandings and assumptions. And so, yeah, hopefully this, this interview is helping. I think it is so far for sure. And then the debit cards is definitely a big, big benefit. And uh, credit cards is even more amazing. I didn't know you guys are even working on that. So let's, let's talk about the process. I also have a pretty good review play page. I wrote up my experiences with screenshots and uh, I have a separate video too. People can check out, but you know, I think the first one is really amazing is there's no fee to apply, right? I mean, it's almost kind of crazy because you must be getting, I know sometimes I've talked to you and your, some of your other team members, I know you get overloaded with applications, but you know, obviously it's pretty amazing. There's no fee to apply, right? Yeah. So there's no fee to apply and we don't require any sort of minimum balance. So we're pretty open to receiving, you know, any anyone can apply. I, I will say that we we do have a large influx of applications coming in currently. However, we are hiring. We're looking to triple our support staff. So we wow. we've already gotten our our sort of onboarding time down from I believe it was a couple of it was like five to seven days down to twenty four hours now twenty four to forty eight yeah. hours. So we're working hard on that. But yeah, I mean, really the only restrictions we have is if you're, you know, selling like marijuana or pornography uh, or you're clearly a money launderer that's, you know, like on some lists. So otherwise we're, we're totally open to people applying. Yeah, like you said, no opening account fees, you know, no, no, no minimum balances. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the process is pretty fast. And then 
so it let's maybe just clarify more about the product about the bank the offer so it's a real you know you you i think you said it once or twice in the interview i don't want to put words in your mouth but you're calling it like a real it's a real bank right like do you want to i don't know how you explain what it exactly is yeah yeah so so we partnered with evolve bank and trust they're like a 99 year old institution in the united states so they're sort of the the real partner bank here and we're sort of the software layer on top so we have built this sort of really slick product that really resembles more of like a SaaS product than it does a bank, but it is, you know, fully partnered with Evolve Bank and Trust. So you do get that real US bank account and all the benefits of that, even though, you know, the product almost feels like an e-wallet or an e-account. But yeah, I mean, behind the login, you know, you'll notice that there's integrations with, you know, Stripe, PayPal, Amazon, Shopify, all the major payment processors, all the accounting software, you know, that you use QuickBooks, Zero Pilot, and just like a whole host of sort of features that you would really expect in, in you know, modern banking, but you don't really get if you're using like a Chase or Wells Fargo. So for instance, super easy to search transactions. Like I remember when I was banking with Wells and I, I needed to look up a transaction, like the search functionality was terrible. Oh, God. yeah, man. Oh, it only man. went back, like, I don't know, okay. six months. Uh, and then you had to like call to get more. It was so weird. So we've made that that whole interface just a lot smoother and and just designed a lot better. Yeah. Other than that, you know, you can send international and domestic wires from your laptop. So that's a huge plus, especially for folks that are you know more nomadic. I, I yeah, I was traveling quite a bit. You know, when I sort of started on my entrepreneurial journey, and and I would always have to come back to the U.S. to send a wire transfer to my suppliers in China. I thought that was ridiculous. So we've we've removed things like that. We've really just kind of looked at the banking experience, you know, from the ground up, and and try to create a product that's 10x that experience. And we spent many years actually building it. For sure. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm a user and it's totally like online. Yeah. Very like, yeah, like modern, not like what you normally expect. And then you can just also talk about the debit cards. So you can issue a physical card or a um, virtual card and the virtual card, I actually haven't used too much. I, I think I just have my physical card, but the virtual card is awesome because you could give, have limits. So you could kind of use it for either I actually, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to say it wrong, but could I issue this? I could issue one to my staff, right? I could. Yeah, you can not- issue, I believe, up to 20 virtual cards within your account. And so you can issue those cards to different staff members, team members, and you can even set permissions and securities around what pages certain staff members can see and cannot see. Maybe you don't want them seeing, you know, your total balance or access to that or whatnot. And just you want, you know, them to have access to the, the virtual card that's capped at, you know, a thousand dollars spend a day or something like that. What's also really cool about the virtual card that our clients really enjoy and, and that I personally also use is that you can create that virtual card instantly and start using it, you know, for your operational expenses. You don't have to wait around anymore for for uh, a physical card to come in the mail. It takes, yeah. you know, it takes like three three to four weeks to get to get that if you're located abroad. So I think that's a big innovation as well. It, it's hilarious too because for me, I get the physical card and I, I, I'll say it out here. I, usually, you have somebody in the U.S. take a picture of it or type it out. You never actually get the physical card. Like for me, like 
how many years? 14 years. I've, I go back to see my parents, you know, in the US. You're, I, I, they'll give me the mail and there'll be a card that still has the sticker on it that's already expired because it's like five years old. You know, I'm like, yeah. damn, yeah. like, <laughs> I've never act. I've not, you know, like I, who uses a physical, especially now with lockdowns, everybody's online. Like, yeah. yeah so it's, really, it's really awesome that uh, there's these virtual cards. Absolutely. Another, another thing and a question I had for you is like, do, is there like Apple pay? Do you use Apple pay in China or any sort of like, you know, you I mean, Weech or Alipay basically. Yeah. But they're all okay, a QR, could... which is pretty cool. I think some oh, have okay. Apple Pay here, but there is, I think, even Apple Pay because a lot of Apple users in China. Gotcha. Yeah, because that's another great use case, and I use I use Mercury for that use case as well. Just like load up my virtual card on my phone instantaneously. Okay, I can now go make these purchases in person as well, like from yeah. my phone. It just makes sense, you know. That is a good one too. All right, and so yeah, I guess we're going to wrap up. But you know if. If we want to talk about some of the benefits, of course, we are uh, we are a partner with Mercury. It's really a pleasure to have Mercury, you know, supporting the community, and, and you, you joined in our, our our membership, which is great. So we do have an affiliate link or a partner link, which but it's given benefits for everybody. There's a maybe I won't say the exact amount because it might change. This show is evergreen. We get people listening to shows years in advance, years later. But I think there'll always be some kind of little bonus for uh, for both sides. So if you sign up with uh, globalmedia.com slash mercury, there, there's a bonus if you spend a certain amount. There's some requirements. Of course, get the account activated and actually use it and make some certain amount of spending on the card. And then I think, Travis, you even have some VIP benefits or, you know, there's the T-Club or some other things, you know, for even for bigger users. Do you want to share? Yeah. So as, as you sort of touched on with the, you know, no fees to create an account, we actually don't have any fees at Mercury except for wire transfers. So we typically charge $5 for domestic wires and $20 for international wires no matter what the amount may be. So again, not percentage-based, just a single value. However, we do have for our premium users uh, something called the T-Room, which is uh, free international wire transfers and free domestic wire transfers. So yeah, if, if folks in your community would like to speak with me about that, just shoot me an email, travis at mercury.com. I would be happy to discuss that further. But the tea room's awesome. You get, you know, we, we deliver really nice tea. Yeah, tea. Uh, we actually give tea too, which is crazy. Yeah, that's why it's sort of called the tea room. So yeah. we actually send you very high quality tea as well. So you get the free banking experience and free tea. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So. Uh, of course, you got to be, you know, a high volume user, right? So the requirements, but they can talk, of course, if they, they figure they, you know, I think like, what is a million dollar turnover a year or something like depends, I guess, on the case. Yeah, the current requirement is that you deposit $250,000 with Mercury. Okay. However, that could change in the future. Yeah, um, I know. It's hard to say exact numbers on in the interview, but <laughs> but this is awesome, Travis. Again, thanks uh, for for supporting. I'm going to do my story of how I use, I think, in the outro for the people so uh, we can save some time in the interview. But I'll talk about my experiences with it after, which has been very positive so far. And just for the record, you know, we used it. I was even scared. Like, you you know, I was even scared to use because Amazon, a seller central, you know, getting an account is so nerve wracking. They want the bank statement. 
And I'm like, actually, Travis even helped me in uh, in an email, you know, to find it in the in there. I didn't know if it would work. You know, it was a brand new account, brand new bank, but it went it went through. So I hope uh, others get it too. But yeah, I mean, this is my only U.S. bank solution for my current Amazon business. So it's really awesome with awesome, foreign man. partners and everything. So, so thanks everything I'm for what you and Mercury doing. So. Yeah, I appreciate it and appreciate the kind words. And I'm really happy we're able to help you and, and you know, folks like you, especially during during lockdown that are, mm-hmm. you know, stuck in whatever country or locale they may be and, and really just can't even get here. So it, it's 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 really exciting and to, to be able to, to help so many people. Okay, and then I just want to also sh- take a little clip of some of our mastermind. We had two sessions. I just kind of grabbed my camera while we did one of them and just recorded. And we have a really cool featured member, Zach Jung, who is giving us a little bit of insights. He's going through some things with his business, and we were we were talking to him about it. And uh, this is just some of the excitement that's happening there. Let's tune in. I'm working on a shoppy idea previously. I come from a web development background and I was researching with a friend how to create tools for shopping, similar to Helium 10 or Jungle Scout for Amazon for shopping. It is research. The partnership has some more fizzled, while well, it has a fizzled, it's crashed. Decided not to continue with the partnership. Oh, we. <laughs> so right now I'm kind of researching on what to continue with. I might go back to doing shopping for app development. I'll maybe do something with Amazon. It's great that. I've got access to this community where everyone's doing comments that I can bounce ideas off and maybe do something that can hopefully help this community in terms of creating an app. Just finished up our first mastermind for February. We got another one on the 16th. That was Zach Jung. He's working on a software project which I didn't even mix. He let me record. You know, we don't record all the masterminds, but he's really, really uh, amazing in the community, and he's building a software project. But it seems like there was a little bit of a difference with their partnership, which I just heard on this exact recording. But that's what this mastermind is all about. And he's he's still staying positive, and we're gonna we're gonna do like a little session for him soon, where people can get to know him, maybe even find a new partner in this community. But it would be great to get more people like you involved. Global from Asia membership GFA VIP. As hope to see you next one, February 16, 2021. Peace out. Thank you so much, Travis. I hope everybody enjoyed. We had some internet connection. I was like, I'm like holding my phone at the window. Man, we're doing our best here in deep, deep, deep North China here, freezing cold, but. I thought it was an amazing show, and I really appreciate Travis giving us some tips and insights, of course, about what they're doing at Mercury, which I think is going to go through hyper growth, and uh, you know, just in general about U.S. business, U.S. banking strategies, things like that. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I said in the show I was going to talk about my experience. I also have a video tutorial I said at uh, globalformation.com slash reviews slash Mercury. You can check that out, but I want to maybe give some of my own experiences, so I've been kind of dropping the hints or dropping it. I'm opening up another Amazon brand or I don't even want to say Amazon brand, e-commerce brand in the bar products niche. Still not prepared to make it totally public on the podcast. We're talking about this in our masterminds though and uh, the brand and the the, the process if you want to get on the inside there. Um, But I I thought I could get a Bank of America. I used to do Bank of America online as a U.S. citizen and I could get it. 
but uh, we have non-American partners. So they said no, or they didn't say no. They said you and that non-American dude, y'all just come on in, walk into one of our branches here in America, and uh, we want to shake your hand and do business together. I'm like, well, I'm in China and he's in Thailand. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, sir, but that's our policy. You got to come in here and schedule an appointment. I'm like, it's COVID. The world's locked down. There's no flights. I'm sorry, sir. That's our policy. Now, have a good day, sir. I'm like, all right. You're really nice, but that's not helping me. <laughs> anyway, so, but I, I luckily, I had I wanted to work with Mercury anyways. I had heard of them and... uh we're working together now, and they're supporting the show. And I, I, I went through the whole process as a normal user, and it's super smooth. I mean, it's like the way banking probably always should have been, and I don't think it's just for non-Americans. I think Americans can and should use this too. I mean, it's got physical cards, virtual cards. You know, it's totally online. You get like, you know, I think text alerts or email alerts. Basically, it's like a way I believe a bank should be. You can see all your transaction history. You can, it's got a nice little chart dashboard. Uh, it's built for tech people, e-commerce people, and they've noticed tons of people all around the world are opening these accounts and they, they can legitimately do it. I'll have to say sometimes there was some kind of like gray ways people did bank accounts in the U.S. before or anywhere else. But this is totally legit. And uh, I've been using them. I'm paying our Amazon. I use them to verify our Amazon account. You know, the scary Seller Central approval process. I sent them a statement, downloaded it from their website, uploaded it with my other crap, <clears throat> and uh, prayed to the Amazon gods to give me an account to allow me to sell. And uh, it worked. There was no question, not, not even no clarification, no request. So... <laughs> Hope it works for you like that, but it was pretty amazing. I'm used to getting some Seller Central support, <laughs> you know, some painful requests for some other document, but it worked. And I didn't have to go back. You know, I could stay here in Shenyang, China, freezing cold. Did it all over this winter. So, you know, and there's no application fee. Plus, if you use our globalfromasia.com slash mercury link, you can get up to, I don't want to say how much, but in a hundred dollars bonus, of course you gotta spend or use the account. They're not just letting you just gonna apply and get free money, and then we get something too. So it's win-win for both of us, and there's no application fee, and it's unbelievable. I mean, people used to pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for uh, online banks. I mean, regular banks, you know, get connections to bankers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I mean, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. I think if you have a bank account already why not get another one you know it's always good to have backup we've said it in hong kong too you know there's these online banking solutions there too but um it does seem like u.s business is getting ahead uh with these kind of solutions and uh, online and uh it's such a weird world we've kind of like flipped around we used to help people come to asia now we're helping asia people or foreign people go to the u.s but that's what we, we go both ways and we're gonna keep on going so I just want to say thank you for listening to this whole show. I know there's Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. My last name is my username, but I was talking to another friend. I won't say his name, another active person in the community. And he's just like, I got kids. I'm busy. I don't really want to be hanging out on a calls. But I've had some great calls, actually, a little bit about more internet marketing. Um, but I'm on there. I know everybody keeps asking me if I'm on Clubhouse. 
But yeah, Clubhouse looks like a cool app. I know the whole world's going on Clubhouse, and uh, I hang out for some calls too. So uh, my last name is my user ID. I'll feel free to find me there. All right, that's it for this week's show. See you in a couple weeks. And if you are a super fan, our supporter, our GFA VIP member, see you next Tuesday and Wednesday. We have two different time slots, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, I actually have been really enjoying getting to know some of our some of our core members, and uh, we, we're adding some clips in these shows so you get to know some of them. That's it for today. Again, the URL is globalfromasia.com slash USA Bank. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.